Does your physical health matter? We discuss this and more with special guest Josh Murray on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, aspiring health conscious person. And with me as always is my humiliatingly healthy co-host, Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and no one's going to believe this, but um, formally certified nutritionist. Uh, it lapsed as well as <laughs> as well as I do very often, <laughs> but I am formally a certified nutritionist. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I learned just new things about you every day. I've done a lot of things. Man. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, certified health specialists, on that vein, with us today is a very special guest. He is an actor, filmmaker, and health coach. While battling severe chronic pain and fatigue for nearly a decade, he experimented with numerous approaches to health and wellness before eventually transforming his mind and body and finally returning to his passion for fitness. Today is an outspoken advocate for a healthy lifestyle and has personally helped dozens of people get a breakthrough in their own health. He is currently producing and acting in Gym Rat, a feature film about bodybuilding, addiction, and mental health. He also starred in Nathan Clarkson's movie, right. uh, Miracle on Highway 34. All of which us you can... here were in a movie together. <laughs> yes, we actually were. We were all Hello. in the same movie together. I had a voice over. Um, and uh, yes, he is the Juno-esque the Junovescent, the Jim Dandy, Josh Murray. Not not the Josh Murray from The Bachelor. No relation. Josh, <laughs> welcome to the point, show. Everyone. Hey, good, yes. good heavens no. <laughs> Great to be here, guys. Well, before we jump in, I want to um, tell a little story about Josh. It's going to um, embarrass him. But I've known Josh for many, many years now. We're old men, and we've been acting in the industry Um for years, LA, New York, wherever, whatever city we're in, somehow we, we meet up. But uh, the first time I really got to know Josh was at a friend's house and I come over to my friend's house and my friend, my friend is sitting there eating pizza and I'm introduced to Josh who has, who has begun cooking for himself the meal he's going to eat, which consists of like seven steaks and 4,000 pounds of kale. And the cooking and eating went on for about six hours, I think. And I'm like, who is this guy and what does he do? And so to answer that question, we're gonna about, we're about to find out. But <laughs> that is my introduction to Josh. He's the healthiest person I've ever met. <laughs> I actually, my last roommate before I got married uh, is a performance coach and he he always jokes with me he was like i i never thought i would live with someone who eats healthier than me <laughs> <laughs> oh man well cool well that's perfect you're the perfect guest to have on because today we are discussing whether we should care about our physical health which it seems like you probably have opinions on um but <laughs> but first nathan if people enjoy our discussion today and want to find out more about our content and engage with fellow overthinkers, where should they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts. They can send us all of their love and hate mail, of course. They can also go to the Facebook private group um, called The Overthinkers where they can interact 
with other think overthinkers like themselves and see a lot of great memes. Um, and if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to leave us a review. We are so close to that nice round number and make sure to share with a friend. Sharing is fun. <laughs> yep. That nice round number of 100 would really make Nathan very happy if we could get exactly 100 <laughs> I'm a little OCD, as everyone knows, so 100 <laughs> really, really put me at ease. Uh, all right, cool. Ready? Everybody ready to get started? Let's do it. I'm ready. Awesome. Okay. Physical health has become a very contentious topic as of late. On the one hand, many experts are sounding the alarm that we have a growing obesity crisis in our country and around the world. According to the World Health Organization, worldwide obesity has nearly tripled since 1975. 39% of adults between 18 years and over were overweight in 2016, and 13% were obese. And most of the world's population live in countries where being overweight and obesity kills more people than being underweight. In this environment, fitness and diet programs have become a 96 and $912 billion industries as of 2019, according to Club Industry and Global Health Institute, respectively. Even Christians, long seeing physical health as far less important than spiritual health, are beginning to talk about how we have a moral duty to care for your bodies. Dr. Anthony Bradley, who teaches religion at the King's College, my alma mater, argued on his podcast that pastors who are overweight should be removed from their posts for embracing the sin of gluttony. Wow. <laughs> On the other, which is a whole other podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, others argue that we put too much emphasis on physical health, particularly in Western countries. The body positivity movement has argued that the desire for physical health is driven primarily not for genuine concern for bodily care, but by bigoted stereotypes against alternate body types. And we should instead emphasize radical self-acceptance of our bodies rather than self-improvement. Recently, famous plus-side singers like Adele and Lizzo were were attacked by their fans for the act of losing weight. And social psychologists like Jonathan Haidt in articles like The Dangerous Experiment on Teen Girls have argued, have called out the impossible beauty standards perpetuated by influencers on Instagram as a chief driver in the decline of mental health among teens, particularly teen girls. So Josh Murray, as a self-described health lifestyle advocate, why are you passionate about getting people healthy? What are the biggest barriers you find to people being most healthy? And how do you do that without avoiding some of the um, negative overcorrections of that? Sure. Well, that, that, the second part is a whole, whole talk in itself. But um, in terms of what, I, what I'm passionate about, it, I mean, first and foremost, um, my own journey, uh, as, as, uh, as you mentioned, um, with, with my own health crisis, uh, is a big, is a big part of that. I mean, I was always, I would say health conscious to hmm. a degree. Um, my, uh, a funny story when I was a little kid, uh, I went to my first birthday party and, uh, the parent of the kid who was having the birthday complained to my mom that I wouldn't eat the cake because it had sugar in it. Um, <laughs> that sounds like the gosh we know and love. <laughs> um, because I, that's what I, that's what I heard. And so I took it seriously when I was, I don't know, like six years old, but, um, I, you know, was, was always somewhat health conscious. And so I was never, you know, uh, reckless with, with my health. Uh, but, um, just due to a variety of factors, um, I did develop some chronic health issues in my, uh, you know, college years. And, uh, it became a, a really life altering thing. Like I literally mm. had to give up basically everything that I love to do. It was incredibly limiting, uh, and incredibly depressing and incredibly painful. 
what I had to, to go through. And so I learned at a very early age, to not just not be reckless with my health, but actually be intentional with my health uh, and to, mm. to train my body for health um, mm. as a way of life. And so, uh, you know, fast forward years later, uh, being in the best health, the best shape, the best uh, resiliency of my life, um, it, it has enabled me to do so many things. Mm. Um, it's not just about the external, it's, it's changed who I am, how I experience life, what I'm able to do and enjoy. Um, and then in terms of, you know, helping other people, I think I've always, you know, encouraged it, but I didn't really take an active role really until the p- pandemic, uh, you know, happened. And mm. I really recognized how the global, like health crisis or the global like lack of care about health is really affecting all of us, whether we participated in it or not. Yeah. Um, and so that was really an impetus for me to say, you know what, there's no longer a live and let live. Like when, as soon as people started saying you, your freedom is restricted because my health is poor. I said, okay, well then your health's become my business. So mm. I really need to take a stand and say, people need to take responsibility for their health because it affects everyone else. That's, Really interesting. I'm I'm really excited to broach this subject, and I, this is why I wanted you on because I knew you'd have a really interesting perspective on this, and and also an educated one. And that's something we want. We don't want to just be spouting off opinions. So we we try to make sure that when we're talking about something, we're talking to people who know their stuff, and that's why I'm really glad to have you on to talk about this. I am someone, and you know just for the listeners out there, because you know you, most of you aren't watching us right now, so you can't you know, evaluate our, our body. Yeah. <laughs> our, the spectrum of, of, of health that you yeah. can see between the three <laughs> yeah. of us. Yeah. But I am someone who ideologically values health very deeply, even mm-hmm. spiritually. And I'll get into why I do. Um, and, and this is why I definitely have a concern for some of the movement um, that that's headed towards, you know, just don't worry, just accept yourself as you are. And it's something that Josh hit on earlier about it not being external, but, but all that to say, I'll, I'll get to that. But I was going to say, I am someone who does not do it perfectly. I mean, I'm very imperfect. I, there have been times in my life when I have been 50 pounds overweight, 50 pounds underweight, um, especially like, you know, Josh, you mentioned the pandemic. This was a time when I was getting to the best shape of my life and the pandemic hit. You know, I, I've been working out, I've been eating right and very consistently for a while and the pandemic it hit and it wiped out all of my, my stuff um, just, you know, for different reasons or traveling or your whatever it might be. And I found myself towards the end of the pandemic going, wow, I'm, I, I fell further than I'd even gone. And so I found myself in that depression. So as you listen to this episode, I want you to know that I am someone who is not the uh, the peak. I know what I'm doing. I'm always doing it right. So there's no judgment here, but I do want to talk about the value of health and, and why I'm actually glad that I have friends like Josh and other people in my life who, you know, I had a friend one time at a party who said, Nathan, you've gained a lot of weight. And I got mad at him. <laughs> and I went home that night and I actually talked about this in my book. Good man. I went home that night, just seething with anger. Like he's so rude. How could he possibly say that I look fat or whatever? And I went home that night and I, to comfort myself because he was so rude, I ordered <laughs> myself a pizza at 1am and because, <laughs> because his address was still in my phone. It went to his house. And so not only... <laughs> <laughs> not only did I have to deal with the anger at him, I had to deal with the shame of the, him calling me and go, Hey, there's a pizza at my front door. Um, but that, was, <laughs> that was a moment for me. I'm like, Oh, I had to actually look at myself and say, 
you know, there's some things that, that I'm glad I have people in my life that tell me maybe I'm not as healthy as I thought I was, or maybe it's not, um, it's not productive for my health to just accept the, how I am. I'm fine. I'm not whatever. And I say this because Josh, you pointed out when you were talking and, and I'm glad you did. You said this is not my health isn't just about the external. Would I like to have abs and look like a, a Josh like uh, movie star superhero? Of course, you know, of course, those things. But I think that's not the important thing. And a lot of the criticisms I see levied at people who genuinely try to better themselves. Um, it's because they're attacking what they think it's about, which is oh, I just want to look mm. good. And um, which is something that even Christians I've seen do a lot of times. Oh, you're just vain. If you, if you want to work out and look and, you know, be healthy and eat, you're just vain and just want to look good. And, you know, I don't actually have a problem with wanting to look good. I think that that's a good thing. But as Josh pointed out, this is not what it's about. You went on to say that me becoming healthier, you becoming healthy was about uh, I live better. I enjoy life better. I'm more able to do the things I want to do. I'm more capable of experiencing life in a positive way. And that's what I'd love to see this conversation turns turn towards is not necessarily how, how good you look, because that's what people get so caught up in, both the, the body positivity movement, even the church, but rather this is about the kind of spiritual understanding. This is a body and it's something we've been given to take care of. We have a responsibility and this that health is not about aesthetics necessarily, but about so much more, how you live and experience life. But I, I'm glad you brought that up and we'll dive in more. But yeah, jump in. And I, I want to say I want to say one word about that. Um, and I do want to focus on on the other things like you mentioned. That's what is most interesting to me. But I will say that um, I have a little bit of a like caveat um, with the whole aesthetics, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I firmly believe that beauty is a sign of health beauty is a mm. reflection of health mm. okay and we have been given created designed with an innate understanding recognition and appreciation of what is good what is healthy what is whole uh, and we call it beauty and of course there are lots of people who do things to shortcut to beauty or fake beauty or pretend to have beauty um, with artificial means but innately intrinsically uh, when something is healthy, it becomes more beautiful. And mm. so uh, we oftentimes, you know, as, especially people of faith, people who are spiritual, uh, they want to denigrate the outside, the, the, the physical, the external uh, aesthetics, right? Because um, they're not as important as, as other things, which is true. Um, but when we kind of look at that as, as just, we, we, we denigrate it to this sort of um, like flaw in our human nature that we appreciate mm. beauty, we're really missing the point. Mm. So that's really interesting. So essentially beauty is good and it it is a sign, maybe even the word is evidence, is an evidence of health. And you can cheat your way there. You can go get ab implants. I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but beauty is an outcropping of a deeper decision for health. That's a really yes. interesting thing. So the decision starts with, I want to be healthy and beauty quote order, whatever it might be is an outcropping of that. And maybe where we go wrong is where we focus on the outcropping rather than the source, which is become healthy and you'll find beauty. Um, but that's a really interesting thing that, that you can't ignore actually the outside as well, because that's where you're going to start seeing evidence of health. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, well, it's one thing that's, and, and, and I'll just, and just, to, and just to put a cap on that. I, I didn't really have any notion 
you know, when I was on my health journey that like, I, I really want to be more beautiful or attractive or handsome or mm. good looking. I was not like at the forefront of my mind. My, my idea was like, I want to stop being in pain. I want to be able to do yeah. the things I want to be able to do. Like, I want to take care of my body. I want to do everything within my power to, to, to be the best I can and to, um, to go above and beyond in terms of being, you know, responsible for, for myself. And it's interesting that over the years of doing that, like the number of comments I got of people saying, Oh, you're so good looking or so beautiful, blah, 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 Mm. you know, just kept increasing, increasing, increasing. Um, and I also found that like, you know, I naturally was less self-critical of myself because Mm. the Mm. things that maybe I was interpreting, you know, wrongly, uh, for other reasons were actually just an, uh, 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 were just caused by the fact that I was instinctually aware that there was something wrong. Right. Mm. so the, okay so this is it was oh, i was gonna say something so this is interesting so you have this story you have like you know you were had chronic health problems that were very severe and then yeah. you you know put in you know a lot of work into your health and then you were you, one of the things you're talking about is that you weren't able to do the things that you love to do because of these chronic health problems and you sort of took control of your health and then you were able to do these things again what are some of the things you weren't able to do when you were having this chronic health problems and what are, and how, and that you were able to do again, once you got more healthy. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, when I was in high school, I was really interested in fitness, weightlifting, um, even mixed martial arts. I was doing some boxing, kickboxing and stuff. And I was also into soccer. I like to play soccer and, uh, you know, uh, very, you know, over the course of a couple of years, the chronic pain started to get worse and worse to the point where, like I just couldn't recover from one week to the mm-hmm. next enough to do it again uh, to the point where it was just like excruciating to even do it at all. Um, and I literally had to give up all of that. And after I gave up all of that, I sort of was complacent and just saying, well, I can't do it anymore because it hurts. So I guess I just have to stop doing it. Uh, then my love for music started to get diminished because I played the flute and the piano and my wrists were starting to hurt. And eventually I just had to stop playing music because that was painful. Mm. And then I got to the point where I couldn't really type at my keyboard without so much pain that I thought I was going to lose my job because I was working in IT. Um, and uh, in fact, mm. I one job that was, uh, it was like a room on-site job where I had to do a lot of driving. My knees were hurting so much I couldn't drive in traffic um, and I had to quit the job. So Um, It was literally taking away everything that I liked to do. And and so part of the reason I be, I got into acting was I was like, well, I can at least sit there and talk. So let me, let me try to do (laughs) acting as a hobby. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. Again, it's this, I'm thinking about, I'm trying to hold these two different things in my head because everything you're saying is true, right? Health, health and beauty are important aspects of humanity. But then I hear these other voices that I've seen online or even from friends, which are saying, um, but you can't love people less. We can't hold these unrealistic standards of beauty. You know, we live in, we lived in Hollywood where it's like beauty almost becomes an idol or all these things. But what I'm hearing in your story is, and you said it a minute ago, was again, beauty was the outcropping of something deeper. It was, I decided to become healthy because there were things in my life that I loved doing that were being taken away. They were being stolen from my story. And when I decided I wanted to be healthy for practical reasons, beauty, you know, aesthetics or being handsome or whatever it might be, um, were were natural evidences of something else that I had decided to do and pour my effort and 
um, and attention to. And I wonder if that's where a lot of it goes wrong because we live in a world like where we have Hollywood, where where beauty is really can become an idol, where we celebrate just the beautiful. And it might be a subliminal thing we're celebrating health, but I think a lot of times we're celebrating facades of beauty. And I wonder if that is sometimes, while inarticulately um, expressed, sometimes what people are saying when the when they are doing the body positivity movement is we are putting too much emphasis and celebration on beauty. But I wondered if the narrative changed to what if we actually put the emphasis on health and we can use beauty as a marker uh, sometimes, but the, the goal isn't to be, quote, aesthetically pleasing on a billboard. The goal is to, like you say, be able to live well, be able to do the things you love. And we can use beauty as an evidence, but ultimately the goal is for health. Is that something, what would you say to the people who say we live in an age and, you know, of Instagram models and billboards and magazine covers that are airbrushed? What, what do you, how do you conceptualize that in this talk about health, which, you know, and, and I do think there's probably a good amount of evidence that we do maybe idolize a bit of the it, people's images. And there's even verses, you know, that man looks at the outer appearance, God looks at the heart, those kinds of things. How do you conceptualize this, the modern culture's idea of image and beauty with this journey of health? Yeah, well, I, man, there's so many interesting things in there to unpack. It's hard to know where you need to begin, but all you do it all in 25 words or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the log line. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, as I said before, you know, there are artificial attempts or substitutes for beauty that aren't what I'm talking about at all. And, you know, when you look at what you're talking about, like, the airbrushing and the filters and the surgeries mm -hmm. and the injections, right? All these attempts to mm -hmm. mimic beauty artificially um, is a classic case of the ends not justifying the means. And in fact, missing out on the whole point of the means in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that, yes, you know, a lot of that stuff that, you know, gets conflated with being beauty, you know, being fixated on beauty, being problematic uh, is a problem. And um, it, 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 there's like, you know, again, looking when the process is really more important than the product in so many cases. Mm. And so um, if people are, are focused on, on what's important about the process they and doing it the right way, they will get the product, right? And, and get the product in the way it was meant to be gotten and to get the true value of the product out of it, right? Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, uh, uh, you know, a good, delicious, wholesome meal is going to smell great, right? It's going to smell delicious and aromatic. But if you put some, you know, artificial, you know, home cooking spray on some crappy microwave food, it's like, okay, well, you know, that's sort of like the beauty. Okay, yes, yeah. it's it sort of gives you that that indication that this is going to be delicious, but it's actually not delicious because it's just, it's just an illusion. Um, and I, I, that's how I would look at some of those artificial mimicry of beauty as. So what, one of my, one of the things that, you know, you see people again, who are arguing that like, you know, we put too much emphasis on the physical health and the, is that the, is we are having a society where, again, we are having people are, are uh, we have all of these health and fitness and diet regimes 
to look a particular way, to have this particular result, but they don't seem to actually be helping. The only seem, thing they seem to actually be, people they seem to be helping is the people who sell the products. You know, oh, so like you've got, you have a giant industries, like I said, billions of dollars of industries for yeah. that's diet industries and fitness industries. The people are getting richer and richer selling these things, but for some reason, people are not actually getting healthier. And we have that more obesity, more. Yeah. Right. And so obesity, people yeah. get thing is, and so that understandably makes people frustrated. Like I've been trying to get healthy um, for a very long time. And I've been felt under pressure and under self-judgment and under judgment for this. Um, but I, but nothing is changing. And so it makes sense to say, maybe the problem isn't with me. If I, if I've been working all this time and trying to not, and, and nothing's been changing. And I've been listening to these people who tell me, you know, just follow my 12 step plan and things will get better. And it hasn't changed. It makes sense to say, you know, I, I would rather just live not feeling bad about myself. Maybe the problem is not with me. Maybe the problem is with society. Society is to blame. So right. again, as somebody who is an advocate of, no, you actually put the work in and this thing can change and it's attainable and you ought to, uh, you know, aspire to it. How would you sort of answer that? What's what's the actual thing that's going wrong that there's this entire industry trying to help people get better and push people to get better and it's not happening? Yeah, let yeah. me add to that question real yeah. quick. So essentially what we're saying is, like, okay, so we got the beauty versus health out of the way and how they're connected and where you need to focus. Focus on the health and achieve the beauty naturally right. rather than this artificial way. Um, and when we say beauty, we, we just mean the evidence of health. You yeah. don't mimic the evidence of health actually become healthy so you have that okay so we got that out of the way say okay now my focus is on health and you start looking and i've experienced this too mm -hmm. and you go there's four thousand different books different articles different methods whether it's the atkins diet the the keto the whatever it might be it's overwhelming and what we see a lot of times and there's even studies to say is people will lose the weight and this is me and then yep. gain it all back right as soon as they're Same. done with yep. the diet. And so, Josh, help us understand one why we shouldn't give up on health, even after, even though it's still rising. We have all these uh, uh, statistics that are, are scary, and all these programs that don't seem to be working. What are the next steps we take? Or should we take towards health, and should we give up? Obviously, you're going to say no, but yeah, it yeah. feels like to a lot of people <laughs> they want to give up on this health journey. And if they don't want to give up, what can we do about this? Yeah, sure. So, um, just first to touch on your your question, Joe um, Joseph, about uh, about the products. You know, there is always when you have a great need, a big problem. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be an industry mm -hmm. that pops up around it, and there's always mm -hmm. going to be people who have good intentions and other people who are merely interested in profit. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being profitable. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money, fixing a lot of problems. Um, but you need to really fix the problem and not just find a way to chill yeah. people out of their money. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, fitness is one of those, those industries that has a ton of people, you know, profiting off of people's needs, frustrations, and problems mm -hmm. without really, really addressing the root cause. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that a lot of that has to do with products, right? Hmm. Products um, uh, are often overrated. I don't discount all products. Like I use supplements. I use nutritional products. I have bought exercise equipment, et cetera, et cetera. They are tools. Some are better than others. 
Um, but there are good tools out there that can be useful in the process. But if you look at the tool as the be all and end all of your health, you're always going to mm. be disappointed. Okay. Mm. And, and what I, that leads up to me saying is that your health must be based on your physical health must be based on a healthy mindset. And this is what I do as a health coach is primarily to focus on people's mindset. Um, I mm. love to, I love to use, you know, kind of my motto is where your mind goes, your body will follow. And mm. so you have to first and foremost work on changing your mind. And, and part of that has to be recognizing that your mind is unhealthy. If your body is unhealthy, it is a reflection of your mind being unhealthy more than anything. And mm. that wow. you need to take into account and address the unhealthy aspects of your mindset in order for your body to have a substantial long-term long-lasting change it's all in the mind yeah. that's fantastic that and that goes into um i hate to actually i don't hate to say it. why would i hate to say it as everyone who listens know we are big advocates of mental health so that's amazing yeah. that in this conversation we're having about physical health the first thing you say about what is the first step you take towards this journey to physical health you say get your mind right this is a job for dr delicate touch <laughs> Whether that's going to therapy or reading the books or just changing some of those patterns in your life, that's a really amazing thing. And again, it goes back to this idea that this is holistic. This is not just, I want to, you know, look it on a poster. This is about changing who you are and stepping towards that journey of health. And like you said, the journey towards um, physical health begins mentally. I think that's absolutely amazing. And I want to spend just a little time before we, before we wrap up. I want to talk a little bit about, since we all are people of faith here. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about maybe even to kind of this Christian, I'm sure you've heard it, understanding of if you worry about your body, if you worry about physical health, you're, um, you know, that that's bad. You should just be, I don't know, praying or, you know, worrying about spiritual health or, you know, we'll have new bodies someday. So it doesn't even really matter. Um, why is that wrong? And why should we, in a spiritual sense, we're going to move this a little theological. Why should we care about our bodies theologically? Mm -hmm. Great question, man. Um, so I would say there's, there's kind of three main areas that I think that is an intersection with health and spirituality, uh, even the Bible uh, mm -hmm. with faith. Um, and, uh, you know, the first one, it, you know, it's kind of speaking to the why, why should we care? Um, I, I would agree, you know, that if, if, you, if you accept, you know, the belief of God, of, of the value of, of your spiritual life, right? That is, is of superior importance to your physical health. And I don't have any argument with that. Mm. Um, but I think that a lot of Christians have gotten it backwards and saying that like, it's, you know, the spirit is more important than the physical. So therefore we shouldn't be worried about the physical. Mm. Um, it's sort of like, you know, saying, well, my wife in my family should be my priority. Therefore I won't worry about my kids. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. So um, the fact that, yeah, the fact that, you know, your, your spiritual life, if, you know, if you are a person of faith is, is your priority, doesn't mean that you should neglect your physical body. And in fact, um, you know, we have been given an amazing, marvelously created body to steward for our life. We only get one physical body in this life. 
And uh, it's got to carry us. It's the vehicle. It's going to carry us to do all of the wonderful spiritual things and services and purposes and missions and callings that you have. And if you don't carry it, care for it, it won't carry you very far. And certainly not to your maximum capacity to do all and be all that you were created to be. So first and foremost, you know, in the Bible says that if you're not faithful with little things, you won't be made faithful over greater things. So if you can't care for something as simple as your physical body with very basic principles, then how are you supposed to be disciplined and faithful and caring for something as, as, as difficult to comprehend as your supernatural spiritual life, you know? Wow. Wow. That is, um, that's interesting. And that's, that's, that's a really good word to the, I, I think the idea that our bodies don't matter for Christians. Yeah. Oh yeah, do, do whatever. I love the, if you're faithful in small things, you'll be faithful yeah. in great things. Because again, I would say, even you point out, okay, yeah, our soul is obviously more important than our body. But if we can't be responsible with our body, how are we going to be responsible with our souls and our minds? And I'd even add one of the things that's helped me desire at the very least, desire to be more physically healthy is when you see the world, the universe, our bodies as a piece of art, and you see an artist. And if I have, I have, I have a lot of friends who are artists in one fashion or another. If someone gave me a piece of art and I treated it poorly, that would be an insult to the gift giver. And you know, it, it, how do I say this? There's a way that God gave us a, a beautiful piece of art, and it's one to care for. It's something to take care of, as. And I think it would, it's almost insulting to God who gifted us our bodies, our amazingly designed bodies, um, to to not take care of it, to not care for it, to not do the best we can um, with the gift that we've been given. And so I think another part of it for me is I am I choose to try to be not perfectly, but I try to be physically healthy as a way of thanking God and taking care of a gift He has entrusted. To me, And I think that's a great way to see it, especially for us artists, your body is a work of art, and it was given to you, take care of and protect, enhance, help, and give it life. Um, yes, Joseph, any thoughts on that? No, I think I think that that's really great. I think, you know, it's that talking about, I like to say it's not, it's most people, you know, again, you, as Josh, Perry, you know, it's not binary, as you can care for your, you know, most people, it's like, well, I, I want most people are not spending the time that they should be taking, taking care of their body, doing something spiritual. It's not like they're <laughs> saying like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't uh, go exercise because I have to read the Bible more. It's like, we have time for multiple things. That's, you know, and, and the, so I think that's an excellent point, Josh. I think that your point, Nathan, is really great about, it is sort of an insult that God did give us this body. He did place us importance on it. And again, the you know there was the gnostic heresy that happened at the you know early set of christianity that said you know the body and the physical world wasn't important but that was considered a heresy because the idea is you know god gave us bodies they're good you know paul says bible is a the god the body is a temple and it needs to be used well that's one of the things that i and we're our, at the end of time our bodies are going to be resurrected it's not like we're going to leave our bodies and go somewhere else our bodies can be resurrected and restored I think that, you know, I, I, one of the things that I add to this is the conversation is just that, you know, a lot of people was like, look, okay, maybe if I want to be an athlete, I should be, you know, I should, I should work out. It's like, you know, maybe if I want, you know, I, I should take care of my body. Maybe if I want to do something like that. But the fact is, you know, so much, you know, we all, if we have this bodies, you know, you, you're going to be less depressed if you're healthier. 
if you if you you know work out more and you eat better, you're going to be less depressed. You're going to not have health problems later in life that are going to take medical bills or other people are going to have to take care of you for. And that sort of taking responsibility for that is a way of not only loving yourself and loving your neighbor and taking responsibility for what you have been stewarded, but it is, I love how Josh, you emphasized, you want to use your body well to not only, you know, uh, achieve your dreams or do the things you want to do, but also to love other people well. And this is the tool that we have to love other people well. And if we don't take care of it, we can't use it in a way that can benefit other people and benefit benefit ourselves and benefit other people. And that's, you know, uh, and, and I think that because we live in a society where we don't need always to be optimal in, in our bodies don't need to be optimal to get what we want out of it. It's easy to kind of mask the way that it is, um, we're not using ourselves our optimal sake, except when we see other people as examples um, that we say, oh, I wish I looked like that person. That's the only time we sort of see and can compare it. But the other thing I love that you said, Josh, I want to point out is that you have to fall in love. The reason that um, people have this desire to be healthy, but are not achieving it is because they see the product and not the process. And what mm. you need is to fall in love with the process rather than just now you can you can want the product and that's fine but you have to also fall in love with the process and that's what i've struggled with as i know the problem with me maintaining these things is what i love is i love what the end result would be is to be healthy you know or to look good or whatever but the day in day out i'm not in love with that aspect of it and i don't enjoy that process and so it's always difficult to do all the stuff when you're not seeing results for two three months on end um, if that's what you're in love with, I know it's like, again, that's me. That's why I struggle with it. And I pr think that that's, we do have a society where we don't fall in love with the process of being healthy. We are in love with the, the end product of it. Yeah. And I'll go even a step further and say, um, this is not just theoretical or theological, but I have experienced, uh, in working with several people who are believers as a health coach, um, seen and heard them say, that their spiritual life, their spiritual maturity, even their mm. relationship to God improved as a result of going on this health journey um, wow. because of the changes it caused them to make because they did, they started to do things like instead of substituting, dealing with their emotions and their pain uh, by, by, you know, acting out with binging on food, for example, they had to deal with the underlying root cause and turn to God and actually do what they were wow. supposed to be doing with yep. that problem yep. instead of substituting it with, with, you know, with the uh, reckless, you know, recklessly endangering their health. Um, wow. and, and, you know, it being undisciplined, right. In their nutrition, for example, um, by the way, I was going to say, go by ahead. the way, listeners, um, he's not actually talking about me, but that is my story. I deal with my emotions through food. And so if you're out there going, that's me, don't take this as like, well, you know, those guys are jerks. Take this as knowing I am someone who does that. Yeah. And I can tell you um, the health journey will actually help you emotionally and mentally. And yeah. it's hard. I do get it. It's hard, but you're absolutely right. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, someone, someone once said, um, I, I hope you, I hope you become a millionaire. Um, this is a, a metaphor sort of, but he said, I hope you become a millionaire, not because it's so great to have money. Not, it's not because it's so wonderful to have the money, but because of who you will have to become in order to earn a million dollars. And I would say similarly, 
even if all of the myriad of benefits and value and purpose in becoming more healthy physically weren't there, Mm -hmm. I would still say it would be good to become healthy and fit because of who you'll have to become to get there. Mm, This is great. And real quick, as we wrap up, Josh, um, before we jump into blessings and curses, if there was just, if if you can imagine a listener out there who has tried everything, who is in this place where they, they maybe hate their physical body. They dislike themselves. They're looking in the mirror and feel trapped and they want to be healthy. They even listen to this podcast and they agree with everything, but they feel so depressed and down and I'm never going to do it. I've tried, I've tried the workout. I've tried that. I just can't do it. And I don't know what to do. And, and, you know, they even agree with everything we've said here, but just feel unable to, and don't know where to start. What would be just real quickly as we wrap up something that you'd say to that person? Well, I would, first of all, I would say, let's, let's schedule to call and talk about, talk about <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what I literally, I would, I would say, well, I'm available. Let's talk, let's talk it out. Um, it's not as, it's not as expensive and difficult and time consuming as a lot of people think it's going to be. But uh, that aside, let's say they're in Timbuktu and they don't have uh, internet access. Um, what I would say is first of all, Um, You need accountability. Mm -hmm. You need support, right? You need to not do it on your own. You need community. You need to be doing this with other people. Um, We are designed to be social creatures. We're designed to have a support. We're designed to to work as a unit. Um, And when you try to do it isolated, um, you're going to fail. We all have blind spots. Nobody can see everything you know around them and they need other people to see the spots where, where you're missing and we were designed and created to rely on each other so you need to bring other people into the process mm-hmm. whether that's a coach or a trainer or accountability partners um, getting into healthy community is super super critical um, and then you also need um, to work on your mindset you need to stop mm-hmm. looking at this as a purely biological process that mm-hmm. if I just go through the steps or swallow the pill or buy this exercise machine, something's going to change when it's your mind that has to be worked on directly, intentionally, and consistently for you to see, you know, a real breakthrough. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's fantastic. I hope this encourages people out there because yeah. and also, again, remember, <laughs> uh, at least two out of three people here <laughs> have struggled with this and Josh shared some of his story too, and he even has uh, the story to tell he's done the work. So this is great. And I'll, and also I'll add, uh, keep that goal in mind. I know that yeah. sounds so silly, but move towards something Yes, more than people will think I'm handsome or yeah. I'll be popular or whatever move towards. I want to be healthy because there's goodness that yeah. rely, that lies in health, both physically, mentally, everywhere. So health is something that we did in every area of our life. And this is great. So let's move on to blesses and curses. Where blesses we and curses and curse things about health today, uh, subjects, resources, books, movies, songs, whatever it might be. I'm going to go a little off. off yeah, off he is. We're very excited. Today. He's going to do something we've never done on the show before. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. So, yes. <laughs> but um, Josh, do you want to go first, last? Uh, uh, sure, I'll, I can go first. Um, Perfect. Uh, I, so I'll, I'll bl- so blessing. Yes. Let's do it. Um, yep. I would say, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to go like a little bit of a, a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, and and highlight a book called The Healing Codes. Ooh, nice. uh, and The Healing Codes is um, uh, basically unpacking and, and giving, providing a tool to work on shifting your, your nervous system out of a sympathetic state into a parasympathetic state. Um, stress, psychological stress, 
uh, is a big blocker um, mm. for us to be able to think clearly, to be able to uh, go into repair mode for a body to heal itself. Um, and uh, it's a great, it's a great short read um, on on a, on approach and and a, and a really a, an awareness of the importance of keeping our body in more of a parasympathetic state when when it's not you know the stress response is not needed. Mm. Nice. Okay. Right. And do you have a you, you have, have a curse? curse? What are you going to curse? Um, I, I I don't. The Atkins. I hesitate diet. to. I hate to say. <laughs> yeah. I hate <laughs> to say a curse. I hate to say I, I curse anything, but I'll say something that I feel like is a bit of a curse is the documentary the game changers um it's so funny to me that when people find out that i'm i'm super healthy the first thing they usually say is like oh so you're a vegetarian and i'm like (laughs) no nothing could be further from the truth Um, guys like i said five steaks upon me (laughs) (laughs) um the reason why i think this this documentary is a bit of a curse is not because vegetarianism is the root of all evil and not even because I believe that it's impossible to be healthy by being a vegetarian, but this type of propaganda and messaging that eating, but eating plant-based is healthier than eating, you know, meat products or animal products across the board period is reductionist. It's disingenuous. It's dishonest. And it's frankly not scientific. Mm. You heard it here, folks. Josh, I'm going to press you more uh, because (laughs) <laughs> a lot of us aren't, we don't know as much about health and the industry and all this stuff as you do. All we hear is these things that float around. And the, at least the one that's been floating around on set in my work has been Keto, Atkins, and oh, what's the other popular one that goes around? Anyone? Anyone know? Okay, Keto or Atkins, um, or the, oh, shoot, it's right in the tip of my tongue. But Paleolithic? Or are you talking about- paleo, yes. Paleo. Are these good? Are these bad or are they mm-hmm. just different ways uh I, I i really don't have any great love for atkins uh keto is it depends um i would say if you have the right body type or you have a particular need for keto it can be very powerful and effective and uh, i actually put my mom on a keto diet mm, when she okay. had stage three cancer and wow. she in addition to other uh, modalities and and uh, training uh, she was able to become cancer free in about a year with wow. no chemo with no chemo or drugs wow. uh, and it's still okay. cancer free to this day um, so for okay, the now, right person gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. I, okay well then i have to ask you how about the carnivore diet because yeah, that's carnivore. been going around the internet for a while oh, that's true <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um yeah I, I i would say you know again similarly with the if the right understanding the right purpose it yeah. could be an effective approach I wouldn't recommend it for, for most people to do. I do know sure. people who, who use the carnivore diet uh, effectively. Uh, so I, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't discount it. Um, but uh, I don't think that you need to go to those kind of drastic extremes sure. in order to uh, reach most people's goals. Well, and this is a good, uh, I'll jump into my blessing, Chris, but this is also a great place to point out that um, we all have different health needs on our journey. Like you said, yeah. keto is needed for some people in some circumstances. You might find that you need something else, um, but health doesn't. A health journey doesn't look like one thing. That's that's yeah. really interesting. 
Um, so I'm going to go do the Atkins diet now. So thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just just to show his independence like from Josh. Yes. I like bread and chips way too much. Reading comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My blesses and curses. Um, I don't have tons of resources that I've read. I, I will get more, I promise, after this episode. I've read, <laughs> aside from my certification that I got in nutrition years ago. Um, but I, I'm going to bless a recipe that has really helped me. So if you're just starting, hmm. you're like, wow, I need, um, I'm consuming a lot of processed foods. I'm consuming a lot of uh, refined carbs. I'm refining a lot of sugar, whatever it might be. You know, if you're having, uh, there's a recipe that during the pandemic that I, that my wife and I came up with, um, with the help of the internet, obviously, <laughs> that has been really helpful in my health journey. Because one of my things that's hardest for me is I want to be healthy. I like being healthy. I like the feeling of being healthy. I don't like how it tastes. It never tastes very good. And it never fills me up. I'm a big guy. I never get full. And so I finally found a meal that one is healthy. Two, it fills me up. Um, three, it's balanced. It has all the different, uh, the, the macros that you need. And uh, four, I just really like it. And so it's called, and we call it quarantine stew. Um, yes. okay, I'm going to give you the recipe real quick. And Josh, you can criticize, but I think you'll be okay with this. It's one whole onion. It's a can of uh, crushed tomatoes. It is a can of black beans. It is a, is a cup or half cup of rice. I can't remember it. Uh, Kelia usually makes it. So it's been a while uh, <laughs> of ground rice with one uh, uh, vegetable stock thing and a pound of lean ground, we use ground turkey, but lean ground meat. And you just put in all sorts of spices. I can't tell you guys, it's just, so I look forward to this meal every week and I get done with, I'm going, I'm full. I really enjoyed myself, you know, put a little light sour cream, you know, sprinkle cheese or something if you want to make it special. But this meal is like one of the first I found a long time that hits on all those marks for me. So find one of those meals for you, but this quarantine stew is mine. You have the recipe. You can so exactly. If, if, you, if you're looking for something, you can try this recipe, giving it to you for free. And I have to say, I benefited from this because doing podcast nights, going over to Nathan's place, this is often we would serve and it is really good. I can attest to it. So Thank Josh, critiques, approval, what what do you got? I, I hate to say it depends, but uh, I, I think that I think that you know, you fit right in at the overthinkers. Yeah, yeah, it depends yeah, is one I, of our favorite phrases. It depends is my favorite phrase too. You know, um, the person who's struggling with you know obesity and diabetes has vastly different needs than the person who might be yep. like underweight. You know, yeah. so um, it, it it all like like I said before with the other diets, like you really need to be specific and intentional about your choices based on what your goals are, what your needs are, what your problems are. Um, I would say just in general, um, if you're making something, a recipe from whole foods from scratch, uh, it's going to be vastly superior than, than what the average American eats ever. So I prefer this homemade meal now to ordering. We almost don't order out now because we figured out a yeah. few meals. I vastly prefer it. Yeah. By the way, I have to Good say enough. that is an that is one of the most excellently diplomatically and yet satisfying answers I've heard somebody do on yeah, this well podcast. Done. Well done. <laughs> I Coming. felt like I got content, but I didn't feel like judged. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> coming coming from an overthinker, that is a yeah, fantastic exactly. compliment. And so what's what's your curse, Nathan? Oh, wait, what was I gonna curse? Um, do you remember what I was gonna curse? I, I don't have much I can I don't. I, I know we were searching for on the internet for a while. Amnesia. You know, I, know, I do know I'm going to curse, actually. Okay. 
it's I, and this is something I'm very guilty of. I'm going to curse food delivery apps and I'll tell you why, hmm. because I think that food delivery apps have contributed to two different things. And yeah. I understand we can use them. I'm not, this is not across the board. I just think in general, yeah. they're not being used. Uh, they do more harm than good, even yes. though I know they can do good. One, they're making us super poor. Like yeah. it is so much cheaper to buy tons of food at the market um, than it is to order one burger yeah. on these apps. So they are unbelievably expensive. One, um, they enable laziness. Mm -hmm. The amount of people I know who order because they just don't want to get up and spend 15, 20 minutes cooking. And so it's kind of enabling this, eh, I'll do tomorrow and making us poorer. And when I actually have to force my, not force myself, but I make myself, I'm always happy that I did it. And yes, it's hard, but I'm always happy that I got them spent time and making a meal, feel more accomplished. Number three is you read studies about stuff that's not made in your home. That's not homemade. The amount of salt that goes in there, the amount of extra fat, the amount of extra calories. If you are trying to get healthier, one of my first things suggests, and Josh, you can tell me if I'm wrong, would stop ordering out, start making your food because you know what's going in it and you can actually accurately understand what's going into your body and what's not. Um, I, so I think that food delivery apps have done a lot of harm actually for our health, uh, our, our willpower and our wallets. So I'm going to curse. It's, it goes food after food like three of the seven deadly sins, not only gluttony, yes. but sloth and yes. <laughs> you know, all the above. Yep. No, I'm cursing food yeah. delivery apps. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. And, and, and I, and I would only caveat I would say is, you know, one of the programs that I use, um, does have food delivery as, uh, as part of the, 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 the initial phases of the program. Um, but it's coming from a source that it's been like medically designed to maximize your health. Oh, so if you're going, talking, if, yeah, well, exactly. From, from the, yeah, exactly. From the yeah. local fast food place. It's terrible. And uh, yeah, the best thing you can do is either to make it yourself or get it from a source that you know you can trust to yeah. be controlled yeah. to meet your needs and your goals. Because if you don't know what's in it, it's probably not good for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, you so guys have gotten such really like helpful resources and things. I'm going to go old school and I'm going to bless and curse movies. Um, Do it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to bless. This is an oldie, but a goodie. I don't know if you've seen this, Josh. If you haven't, you probably like it. It's called Brittany Runs a Marathon. Okay. And it's I, I, one of the best for me, like one of my favorite inspirational and, you know, weight loss journey movie, probably my favorite weight loss journey movie that I've seen because they do, they focus, it's a, you know, about somebody who's they having the health problems, but not only health problems, but they're, you know, they're, um, and they is, I have a lifestyle of kind of indulgence and laziness and not taking responsibility for themselves. And they, they kind of hit rock bottom in a various ways and then they go on this journey to run the new york city half marathon which is a way of whipping themselves into shape to take responsibility for their lives in many different areas and they do a really great job of doing what we talk about about health being one component of this and being the most important component of sort of taking care of physical health but also that being a microcosm of just taking responsibility for your life to live the most responsible yeah. version of it that you can and also as you said josh she has to do it with accountability with community she has to do it, you know, with changing her mindset is the most important thing about it. And so, and also again, you know, she does have a part of the journey where she becomes prideful because she's done this and mm -hmm. starts to hate people who remind her of what she was. 
Um, but then, of course, one of the great things, and she's able to learn from that, one of the great things in the story is that at a certain point, once she goes on her journey, she's able to help other people. And that arc of is, I think, one of the is a really great tracking of how a healthy um, physical health journey looks like. I'll, I'll back that up and say it's it's also just a really fun movie. Yes. There, it's a comedy, so it, it talks about these deep, serious things, but in a really um, in, uh, fun and digestible, yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Way. <laughs> but it also, I'm going to point out too that this movie does the great job of what Josh talked about earlier is that her physical unhealth was actually evidence yes. of her mental and emotional unhealth. And those were the things um, that, as Josh said, again, needed to be dealt with so she could move toward physical health. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you see both moving at the same time, by the yeah. way, as her physical health and her emotional health both grow, they're both keeping neck and neck with each other. Cause that's how it, that's how it works as they're inextricably tied, but it's, it's yeah. also just a fun movie. It, it is movie. so funny. Yeah. It is one of the funniest movies that I saw that year. So yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. <laughs> Um, then I'm going to curse on the flip side. I think it came out the same year. It's another movie that was kind of trying to do the same thing, but it's Amy Schumer's I Feel Pretty. And oh, no. the reason Sorry I'm cursing Schumer's it, nothing there. against Amy Schumer. Other people have things against Amy Schumer. This has nothing to do with Amy Schumer. Is that it's just, you know, first of all, it's just not a very funny movie. So that's the first thing. It's, it's trying to be a, it's an unfunny comedy. Nothing against Amy Schumer, but she wrote an unfunny movie. <laughs> it's, we've all done it. We've all done it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not a funny movie. And it's, you know, it's, um, and when you have an unfunny comedy, that's pretty bad. Um, yeah. But it also, it's, it tries to deal with a serious topic of the fact is because the whole thing is like, oh, she's, you know, she feels bad about how she looks. Then she gets into an accent that makes her think that she looks beautiful and how she changes, how she behaves based on how she thinks. But it really does reduce it to an issue of looks and then an issue of self-esteem. That's just, you should just act the way you look, the way you would act if you thought you were beautiful. And like that's, and that's both reducing it to a looks issue and it's reducing it to just, you know, self love and self-confidence without actually looking at you know yeah. underlying issues or deeper issues and again it's you know again it's it's saying like oh if you just you know change the way you view yourself everything will be better and it's like no like they're supposed to change yourself yes exactly like no you have to change your mindset because these are actual real things you're dealing with. you have a real body that you're actually dealing yeah. with and yeah. so self 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 delusion is not the same thing as self-esteem Oh, that's really good. Put that on the poster. Put nice. that on a t-shirt. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, cool. Well, thank you so much again for uh, coming on, Josh. Um, if uh, people, you know, have been really convicted by this episode and said, you know, I, I need to see more about what this Josh guy is doing. Uh, Josh Murray, not from The Bachelor. Uh, where can they uh, find you? Well, also, uh, where can they hire you? Or can yes, they? yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can find me most easily on Instagram uh, at Josh Murray actor, um, Josh Murray actor on Instagram, not Josh Murray, the bachelor. Um, <laughs> and uh, if they want to, if they want to have a you know scheduled call to talk about, you know, options for, for health, health coaching, uh, go to live bold with josh.com. That's fantastic. Nice. Fantastic. Seriously, yeah. Do this. Um, if you are looking to jump into this health journey, I can think of no one better on your side um, than Josh, both because he's incredibly knowledgeable and we've been friends forever. So I'm a little biased, um, but <laughs> also a really 
kind, loving person who wants to walk with you on this journey. Um, he's not just a, a jerk who's going to yell at you. Um, and he, he will actually care about your health journey yeah. because he cares about you. So seriously, check him out. Do this um, for yourself um, and for your potential future and others. Um, and uh, if you want to get in touch with me, go to nathanclarkson.me or just find me on the socials. Uh, search my name, Nathan Clarkson. And uh, Joseph, how can people get in touch with you? People can get in touch with me. I am on the socials as well. Fa the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. You can find me on all those. Also the TikTok. Um, and you can also, uh, yeah, find me at my website, josephholmstudios.com. Well, thank you so much again for everyone for listening. Thank you, Josh, for joining. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.